It's time for another edition of the Spider Insight Podcast as we get set for game number three for the Richmond Spiders returning back home and game number one in the CAA. Welcome to the Spider Insight Podcast along with Matt McAllister. I'm Bob Black. The Spiders are coming in on the heels of their FBS game last week, falling at Boston College 45-13. to Richmond now 1-1 one and one, heading into CAA play Saturday against Elon. The Phoenix also 1-1, one and one, having lost their opener to North Carolina A&T and then bouncing back to beat the Citadel this past week. We'll preview that game in a little bit. Matt, let's start with the Boston College game and kind of wrap things up. And I know the score was lopsided. But I think we all felt there were some positives, some encouraging things that came out of that game. And even Coach Russ Huseman started by pointing to the offense and the offensive line that allowed the Spiders to rush for 215 yards, more than respectable, and no sacks on either of the quarterbacks when they went back to pass. Yeah, I think he was definitely uh, pleased with uh, the offensive line uh, in the running game. You know, you get 215 yards against uh, Boston College. I think in the first week, Virginia Tech only had 97 yards rushing uh, against Boston College. Uh, so definitely were able to continue uh, that rushing attack uh, that they had against Jacksonville. Uh, and, and, you know, I thought Joe Mancuso was able to run the ball and, and, and uh, looked really good uh, doing that. Uh, you know, he was able to pass a little. He had those two interceptions. I, I think the, the that first one that he threw deep uh, was trying to fit it into a tight space, probably based on score, trying to do a little bit more. And then the other one was a, a tip pass uh, that uh, became an interception, uh, but the defense did hold on that one as well. So, And then I think on the defensive side, you know, Coach said, he he liked what they did for the most part, but there was a couple of big plays that he allowed and, and a couple of missed coverages or um, just mistakes, that things that are fixable that he said when they get back and look at film uh, and they are able to get in the film room with the guys, they're able to look at some of those things that they might have had that mistake on and, and, and fix that. But I, the other thing I came away from that game is I mean, we talked about beforehand that Boston College uh, was physical and they were big. And, you know, A.J. Dillon is is the real deal. Uh, that offensive line, they have some big tight ends. Uh, it's probably a really tough matchup for an FCS opponent, you know, a team that physical, that big, that wants to basically ram it down your throat, uh, you know, play two tight ends, sometimes three tight ends. It was it's just a really tough matchup. Uh, but I thought uh, the, the Spiders were – we're battling all game long, and uh, there was no give up for the Spiders. Yeah, on the defensive side, I guess Boston College had, what, six touchdown drives. They were just so quick that the Spiders couldn't really catch their breath. They went to that kind of up-tempo offense. The Spiders couldn't make substitutions. Chris Anderson brought that up several times, that that was trouble to the defensive line because we like to rotate defensive linemen in there, and Boston College's offense was getting right up on the ball and snapping it before the Spiders would have a chance to make any substitutions. I think all but one of their scoring drives was under three minutes in length, and I thought that was a real problem for the Spiders. And when we were talking to uh, their radio play-by-play, he said – uh, that Boston College's goal is to be the fastest tempoed offense in the nation, uh, which you don't really think of when it's a, you know, run it down your throat. You think spread offense. You think how Oregon was a few years ago where they're trying to go as fast as they can. But they would run the ball and get a 10-yard run and be at the line of scrimmage, and, and uh, the, the Spiders were having a hard time, like you said, substituting on and off. And when you want to have eight defensive linemen that you want to be able to play and rotate in and out like we did against Jacksonville. It makes it really hard. And, and, you know, they did, they were getting worn out. 
On the offensive side, the one thing I would say, and I think I was encouraged, we all were encouraged by what the offensive line did, by the 215 yards, by giving the quarterbacks time to throw the football. They did make some positive plays. There was just that inconsistency. I think I counted at least a half dozen instances where the Spiders would have a relatively big game, 8, 10 yards, 12 yards, 15 yards, and on the very next play there'd be a 7-yard loss or there'd be a 5-yard penalty, and all of a sudden you were behind the sticks one play right after you'd done something good. And I just think, and Coach Usman has talked about this, they just need to clean up that consistency aspect on offense. But other than that, fairly encouraging on the offensive side. Yeah, you want to keep building on that positive momentum. And you don't want to have those plays, whether it's a, a false start, illegal formation, or even you know a play where maybe you're trying to get a jet sweep to a wide receiver and it's not blocked well enough on the outside, and that becomes a you know, six, seven-yard loss. Uh, so you, you want to keep adding those positive plays to each other, to on top of each other, uh, to keep that momentum going. And you know we had talked about this, you know, off the air. It's, you know, it's really hard. Those first two games, you know, you had a team in Jacksonville who, you know, you were on paper the better team, mm -hmm. and you were the team that was expected to win. And then your second game is at Boston College, a team on paper that is expected to win. Uh, so both of those were opposite ends of the spectrum. I think. Uh, you know, as you look forward ahead in the schedule, you get a, a lot more games that are going to be more evenly matched and be a lot more uh, able to compare uh, apples to apples. And those games might come down to a kick. They might come down to a field goal. And I think we all felt very good about what Jake Larson did Saturday. And I know some fans probably were like, well, why'd you put him in the game with 12 seconds to go and the game out of reach to kick a field goal. But he probably in his mind, and he nailed a 45-yard field goal, could have gone out there with that entire special teams unit and said, hey, we need to approach this kick like this is a tie game, there's 12 seconds to go, and let's see what we can do. I know it's hard to replicate that, but I'm sure in part that's why Russ put him out there. And the young freshman kicker certainly passed that test. Two for two field goals, made his only point after touchdown. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's like situations in fall camp uh, that you can't replicate in a game. You know, you it's after a third down play and the clock is running and you need to get out there and you need to be able to make a kick. Uh, so they were able to do it. I mean, I think Jake has done everything that we've asked him to do so far uh, and done it really well. And I think that's just very encouraging for Spider fans to, you know, have confidence in that in that place kicker. All right, he wasn't the only true freshman to shine Saturday at Boston College from that running back group. Savon Smith came off the bench, had 10 carries for 66 yards. He's going to be our guest today on the Spider Insight Podcast. Matt, before we turn on his microphone and introduce him to everybody uh, without trying to embarrass him sitting here and all that, but he is becoming quite a story for the Spiders as a walk-on kid, a Virginia native, who all of a sudden finds himself carrying the ball 10 times in a game against an ACC opponent like Boston College. College, uh, he's becoming the type of guy that you're going to love to promote in the public relations department, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, you have a walk-on who, for for reasons that out of his control, ended up being a walk-on. You know, I'm sure we'll ask him about you know his injury that he suffered you know prior to his senior year that kind of messed up his timetable for in the recruiting process. Uh, but he's come on campus and in fall camp uh, has done all the right things whether it's working hard in special teams to get noticed, uh, when he gets that opportunity, working hard on the scout team. When we played Jacksonville, he was uh, the running back for Jacksonville. Uh, you know, So he, he took heart in what he was supposed to do there, and he's being rewarded for that hard work. Uh, and I think you know, what he was able to do against Boston College, I mean, fans were able to see that uh, he 
is more than a walk-on. I don't think anyone on our team, you know, views him as a walk-on. Uh, he has uh, some uh, electric uh, attributes that he has when he has the ball in his hands. All right. Well, all of that having been said, let's bring him into our conversation. Savon Smith is the Spiders' freshman running back. Again, 10 carries, 66 yards in that Boston College game, the Winchester, Virginia native. And, Savon, let's start right there with Saturday's game against Boston College. What was it like for you being out there in that environment against that opponent and getting 10 carries in that game? What was what was that like for you? Oh, yeah, man. It was really crazy, man, just seeing the stadium, the players, just going up against the ACC school, just getting in there was kind of crazy for me. And I was nervous, but just get, making a few plays and gets back to normal. Yeah, at what point do you kind of say, hey, this is just football. This is, you know, kind of like I was running the ball in high school. Yeah, once after I got that first touch and just got the first down, I was just like, oh, yeah, this is just football. We It's regular stuff. Second and eight, Savon Smith turns the right corner, gets the midfield, gets another first down, puts his shoulder pads into the defender, and goes down at the BC 45. Another excellent run. You, you told me uh, before that your parents were able to come here, obviously, for the home opener, because uh, Jacksonville being close. They didn't make the trip up to Boston College, but you said they watched you, and you said you're your your mom was one of the first people to call you afterwards. Uh, congratulate you. How excited you know were your parents uh, about you getting your that playing ex experience? Yeah, they were they were going crazy. I got on Facetime. She starts yelling and stuff. I'm like, my aunts in the background. Everybody, my dad texting me is going crazy. I was like, it's just just a game, really. You know, I'm thinking it's simple, but they they thought it was a big deal for sure. It's a big deal that you're here as a member of the Richmond Spiders. Tell our audience kind of the backstory of how you wound up at the University of Richmond. Oh uh, Well, my senior year of high school, I was supposed to come to camp and looking to get an offer. They've been talking to me for a while, so but I broke my foot going into my senior year this summer, and I didn't get to play the first six games. And then going into that, the winter, Coach Brathway called me and gave me a chance to walk on, and I saw that chance and I took it. So what was your expectation once you took that chance to come to Richmond to play football here? Uh, really, I just knew that I had to work my butt off, you know. And he said that just to focus, stay focused, grind, and be prepared to do anything to see the field. So. And I know earlier in fall camp, uh, one of the ways you really started to be seen by the coaches is your work on special teams. Is that something that you saw a way if you, you know, showed – your strength and, and your grit and, and special teams that will start to open eyes and open avenues uh, further down the roster. Yeah, I just, once that point, once I got in onto the special teams or anything that I did, scout team, I just really wanted to show that I wanted to give 100% to this team. So once they saw that, I felt like they took that as a chance to get me to see the field. So that was the big part, the big part to really just give 100% all the time. Did our coaches talk to you at all about saying, hey, look, technically you're a walk-on, but we knew about you. You would have been recruited if you hadn't had the injury. Just your mental approach to being just like one of the guys, whether you were a scholarship guy or a walk-on guy. Oh, yeah, for sure. Coach Brathway, he would tell me that, like, because he called me, he was just like, man, there's not really – nobody really knows except for the coach and stuff who's walk-on and a scholarship. So just go out there and work as hard as the regular, dude, regular guys do and – It'll set itself out. You know, Coach Huseman, I think, earlier this week uh, had said, 
you know, you had an opportunity. You could have gone Division Two. You had a bunch of offers from Division Two. You know, could have gone there. Coach said, if he goes there, he's he's a starter and he's probably being a star there right now. Uh, but he's said coming here. Uh, you're adding to this group, and you have so much talent that people don't even know about. Just talk about that difference and, you know, maybe going D2 but getting that D1 chance and what that means for you. Yeah, for sure. Uh, when a couple of schools, when they were recruiting me, D2, my dad would tell them, he'd be like, yeah, you're getting a D1 type guy, but he just missed some chances, didn't have the right luck at the right time. So just coming here at a Division One school, I just feel like, I uh, appreciate the D2 schools, but just coming here, is, I feel like this is where I can play and this is where I want to see the field at. So, Do you have kind of that same mentality that your dad was talking about um, as you approach getting more and more playing time here? Yeah, I really felt like that, but I'm not one to say that. My dad, he'll, <laughs> he'll do all the talking about it and tell the coaches. He, he He's a big talker, so he'll tell them about it. And I, But that's really how I see it. And He's just he'll do the talking for me. Maybe we should put him on the radio. <laughs> yeah, if he's, if he's that big of a talker. I'll yeah, put him, put him on the podcast. He'll, he'll talk. He'll talk all day. <laughs> he loves it. Uh, what's that running back room like? Uh, we had mentioned in the preseason that it was it looked like a deep group of guys in there. Uh, what is that like? What's a the chemistry like and b the competition like? Oh, I feel like the room is just, we're all brothers. Like we all got a love for each other, and we just we all know that our one goal is to set the standard for everybody else on the field and. Just make sure that we're the playmakers and that we contribute to anything we could do, whether it's blocking, setting up plays, running the ball, just doing the simple things to help be the standard. How much does you know your coach, Coach McNair, you know really set the table for that? Uh, you know he he's come in one of the new coaches here, has a lot of energy. Uh, just talk about your relationship with Coach McNair and what he brings to that group. Oh yeah, for sure. Maybe it's. Waking up in the morning for practice and stuff, we may be tired or something, but he'll be the first one to get the juice going and let us know where the juice crew. So we got to keep it going. And like we said, our standard, our uh, motto is be the standard. So he lets us know what we got to do. And we all feel like we want to reach that goal and be that. Do you go to bed at night with Coach McNair screaming high and tight? Because that's about what he screams at practice. Every time you touch the ball, anybody touches the ball, screams high and tight. I mean, that goes through my head so many times during the day because just no one wants to fumble. So just high and tight, that's always going through our minds, really. This has been an obvious question of every player, whether it's a returning fifth-year senior or a true freshman like yourself. These morning practices that you've gone through, it's something we haven't really done consistently uh, here at Richmond. I don't know if you ever did that in, at all coming up to, through the junior high or high school ranks or middle school. Um, how have you approached practicing as the sun is coming up in the morning? I mean, really, I feel like that I like it because – I feel like some of us, we like it because after we're done practice, we get day, or the rest of the day to go to class, do work, and do things that we need to do. And then there's some of us that just waking up, you know, that's a tough part. But once we get through that part, we're just like, all right, the rest of the day, we can figure out what we have to do to be successful in the classroom. Back at practice today, uh, after, you know, a, a really physical game at Boston College, you know, how sore were you after that, that game, you know, playing against such a big, you know, they had big defensive linemen. Uh, you know, how sore were you? And is now you're starting to get back and preparing for the CAA opener? Oh, yeah, man. I woke up the next day, my my ribs, my chest, everything was sore. But because I, I haven't really been hit like that and, like, people actually trying to tackle me, you know, and stuff like in practice. We just keep each, keep each other safe. So being hit like that, I was woke up and was sore. But 
Yeah, I'm used to I'll be used to it now, you know, just getting that first blow, so what is your expectation about this week and what do you know about Elon, maybe just generally at this point, as you and I are, and the three of us are talking, it's only Tuesday, uh, and also about the expectation of playing a conference game this week. What have you, you know, heard, learned about the CAA? You had one opponent, as I like to say on the radio this week, we were the big dog against one opponent. We were the big underdog against the other opponent. Now you got a competitive game against Elon. Right, right. Coach, coaches just really tell us that, I mean, from the start of the season, that each game was going to be a dog fight. So, being in the CAA, it just really shows that each game we go through, whether who it is, it's going to be a real, like, real hard fight. But the past couple of years, past two years, I think, they said that they haven't had a, they, we've lost to them. So they feel like this one's a really big one that we want to get back and just show that we're one of the top dogs in the CAA. Well, go back and start preparing for Elon and uh, have a great game at Robin Stadium on Saturday night. And I'm sure we will talk many, many more times moving forward. Thanks for coming on with us. I yeah, appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Savan. And, you know, Bob, uh, he just adds another dimension to that running backs room, you know, which is a young running backs room, but a very talented running back room. You know, it's a true freshman, Savon Smith, and then those two redshirt freshmen, Aaron Dykes and Mylon Howard. You know, I think all of them are going to continue to get opportunities moving forward. We will see him on the field Saturday against Elon, a nationally ranked Elon team coming in. So let's turn our attention there. And, Matt, this is a team that Russ Huseman has made it known to everybody who listens, whether it's players, coaches, fans, media, that has beaten the Spiders the last two times they've played in Coach Huseman's uh, first two years here, both in really good games, both in games the Spiders could have won but didn't, and they would like to turn that table Saturday evening. Yeah, I mean, it started uh... – last Saturday in the locker room at Boston College. Uh, you know, Coach Huseman, while yeah, coach speak, you never want to say, you know, one game is more important than the other. But now that the Boston College game was done, you know, he said, guys, this is the CA opener. This is uh, where we really need to, you know, get, get things done. And on top of that, Elon is a team that beat us last year uh, in the game that uh, Richmond had, had a chance to win. And then two years ago, one here at Robin Stadium uh, in in a very good game. Uh, I th so it's definitely a, a team that uh, Richmond has a chip on the shoulder for and they have it circled and uh, a team that they feel that they owe uh, for those past two years. And I'll give you another reason. I think this is very important, and that's where we're talking to our fans from right now, and that's where this game is going to be played, and that's at home. And I think this year, perhaps more than several of the others in the past, just the way the schedule shakes out, you have got to protect your home turf, and then you magnify that with protecting your home turf in a conference game. Yeah, for sure. I, you know, Coach and all the players have talked about the goal is to – continue to get the spiders back to the playoffs and get in that conversation and to do that you need to protect your home you need to win those home games and uh, this is the first chance to do it in the CAA play uh, it's a chance to kind of set the tone for the year you know we've been talking about this uh, before the season even started you know you get through these first three games and you have your bye week it, two and one going into your bye week is a lot better feeling and and moving forward than one and two. So I think this is a very good uh, game that the Spiders can kind of set the tone for the rest of the year. 
not going to be easy. It will be quite a challenge. This is an Elon team that's coming off a playoff appearance last year. Now, they do have a new head coach, but they promote it within, so they kept the transition smooth and the chemistry going. Uh, they've got a couple of uh, really terrific offensive players, more than a couple, but certainly two that people point to are Davis Cheek, the quarterback, who we did not see last year because injured for the second half of the season. We saw him two years ago when he was the CAA Offensive Rookie of the Year. Terrific running back in Jalen Thomas, and then on the defensive side, they We've got the National Defensive Player of the Week in defensive end, senior Marcus Willoughby. I mean, Elon is, is a very good team, and it's going to be a very big challenge for the Spiders. And, you know, I think last year uh, they were able to run the ball a lot on the Spiders, and Jalen Thomas had a big game. Uh, you, you talked about it. Cheek has had uh, a lot of a lot of positive moments in the CAA, especially his rookie year last year he was hurt. Uh, so they kind of know what they want to do on offense, and, you know, uh, they they've had some big plays, especially Willoughby. Uh, I think they've had the uh, defensive player of the week the first two weeks of the year as well. Uh, so they they've had a lot go right for them uh, on offense and defense. Uh, the the one area that I think has been a concern for them, and they talked about it on the conference call, and they talked about it uh, after the game, is in that uh, Citadel game is their special teams. Uh, they had two punts blocked against Citadel. Uh, Citadel also had an onside kick, so I think that third phase of the game is one area that uh, I'm sure they're working on this week. But you know, we talked about it even in preseason camp. If you can uh, be strong in that third phase, that in a close game, that could uh, flip the game either way. I'm sure they do feel really good about the other two phases of their game coming up against Citadel. Pretty good team. Runs that triple option. The Spiders know all about how hard you have to prepare for that, and yet Elon gave them only 225 total yards and only 156 on the ground, which maybe to a normal team is a decent amount, but not to a team that runs the ball as much as they do. And then Elon offensively clicked with almost 500 yards of total offense. And Elon has to be uh, feeling good about it, especially its run defense, like you said. Yeah. You know, holding a, that triple option team in the Citadel uh, as low as it was. And, and, you know, Richmond's coming in, you know, with 535 yards of rushing. So we're obviously trying to run the ball as well. So they, Elon is going to be very confident in, in the fact that they probably match up well with the Spiders. And the, I, I'm sure we're going to see, just like we talked about before, at some point uh, teams are going to try to – force the Spiders into throwing throwing the ball and throwing the ball downfield some more. And the Spiders are going to have to take those shots to kind of open up that running game because if it continues to produce how it is, teams are going to start to stack that box. Yeah, and I'm guessing we haven't seen everything even close to everything in Jeff Durden's playbook yet, the Spiders' offensive coordinator. And some of that is you don't want to tip off your conference opponents, but then secondarily, and we've already talked about this, you've played one team that you were favored to beat and one team in which the, the other team was favored. So you're not throwing everything out there. So I think there's plenty of plays coming that we haven't seen yet from this offense. Uh, for sure. I, I, th I think there's there's a lot left in that playbook mm -hmm. that the, the Spiders haven't used uh, and we talked about this off the air. Is this is the first real litmus test uh, for the Spiders? You know, it's it's two teams that uh, want to be in the playoffs. Two teams that uh, are evenly matched. It should be a really good game. And I think at the end of this game, you're going to be able to see, you know, kind of how the Spiders match up against, you know, a CAA playoff team, and uh, kind of bode well for the rest of the year uh, and kind of set you up, like we said. I like that. Litmus test. 
I think you'll hear that on TV and radio this weekend. I'll give you a footnote and credit you for that. But I agree with you. I think this is the first true litmus test of the year for this Spider team. Should be a good night at Robin Stadium, 6 o'clock kickoff. Hope we have another great crowd as we had for the opener against Jacksonville. we got a lot of good things going on at Robin Stadium Saturday night. Yeah, you, you definitely want all the fans to come out because I, I think our guys and, and coaches uh, talked about how uh, they were able to feed off the crowd in that first game against Jacksonville. And, and I know uh, there's a lot of things going around with the game with the uh, Spider Brews event mm -hmm. before the game and another you know, 6 p.m. start under the lights. Uh, hopefully it's it, it's good weather and we can get the fans to come out and uh, show the support for the Spiders. Richmond and Elon, 6 o'clock, Robin Stadium, Saturday night. We do hope you'll be out here. Should be an entertaining and highly competitive CAA football game. We'll, of course, have it on our Spider Sports Network on the radio side on ESPN Richmond, beginning at 5 o'clock with our UR football tailgate show and then the pregame at 5.30. Kick off a little after 6, and we're on television on NBC Sports Washington Plus at 6 o'clock Saturday night. Thanks, Matt. Thank you, Bob. And thanks to our guest, Savon Smith, the Spiders freshman running back, who joined us on today's show. For Matt McAllister, Bob Black saying so long. Hope to see you at Robin Stadium Saturday night when the Spiders start CAA play against Elon. We'll wrap it up and talk about it next week on the next edition of the Spider Insight Podcast. So long, everyone.